your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to this Monday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Um, this has been a crossover episode today that has been probably a long time in the making. You know, I probably should have had these boys on uh, about five, six months ago, but um, I'm glad that I'm having them on now. Um, the Tyler and Zach from Around the 412 just do outstanding work. I'm so happy that they can join me today. I mean, they've had a ton of players on their show. I'm still trying to hopefully get my first one on uh, Locked on Penguins at some point. Um, but these two just do some of the best work in the city that, you know, even though they're not, you know, full time for, you know, a big network, they, this is still a podcast that you should be listening to a hundred times out of a hundred. How are both of y'all doing today? Man, what an introduction. We appreciate that. Thank you so much, uh we, I mean, now that you gave us that introduction, we got to hit up our boy Brian Russ to make sure he comes on. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm excited to talk anything Penguins, so we're happy to have on our show. And yeah, like Smitty, that was a great introduction. And we've got a couple of those, I think, the past couple of weeks have been doing going on other, other people's this, shows. People have been flattering us a doing. lot. This is what we need to start doing. Once a week, at least, just go on to other people's shows and they can compliment <laughs> us. It's been great. Just do a podcast tour. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, Brian Rust on yours. You know, I'm, maybe I'll try to one up you and have the the great flow, Brandon Tanov, come on my show. Um, there you go, point. that'd be great. I know he's been hanging out with Cappy um, down in Charleston, South Carolina. It looks like with all those Instagram stories. So uh, maybe. Oh, well, they're enjoying their summer. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I just you know, I'll just have to make sure he doesn't cut his hair. But um, obviously, you know, we're, we are going to talk a lot about the Penguins on on this episode. Well, it is a Penguins podcast after all. Um, the first topic I wanted to touch on with you guys, been a lot of Marc-Andre Fleury talk these last couple days. Obviously, Vegas is out of the Stanley Cup playoffs. They lost in six to the Montreal Canadiens, which is one of the bigger upsets I think we've seen in the last five to six years. I think if they were going to win the Stanley Cup, it would be the most, probably the funniest championship I've ever seen from a sports team. Um, but, you know, obviously all the Yenzers are talking it up. You know, oh, bring Marc-Andre Fleury back, you know, he makes, even though he makes $7 million per what are your thoughts on that, and do you think it makes sense to bring him back, even though uh, it would probably have to come at um, a big cap reduction for next season? It's so funny to me, like because this is a Penguin show, but you can't get away from Mark Andre Fleury talk when you do it a Penguin show. But I think that just goes to speak to how polarizing of a figure that he was and still is in Pittsburgh. Like anytime you bring that guy's name up, there's two extreme sides of the debate, and people. Very few people in the middle that are so level-headed about it. So I'm glad that the three of us that fit right in that middle are here to talk about it. Um, as far as that, man, I don't know because like I would have said that I felt pretty comfortable about the Penguins goaltending situation going into this previous season that just passed us. Uh, going into next season, I don't feel that exact same way after the playoff performance we saw from Tristan Jari. So I think that they have to do something. Um, and whether that's Marc-Andre Fleury or somebody else, um, the, the thing is, it's going to be Mark andre Fleury. What's the asset that you're giving up? And, and maybe it's more than one. And also, you would have to think that Vegas retains some salary on that as well. Because there's there's just no way to make it work otherwise. Yeah, that's my biggest problem, is all of the stuff that comes with acquiring Mark andre Fleury. If it was just, you take all the 
assets of a trade or the cap hits out of it. Would I want Marc-Andre Fleury back on the Pittsburgh Penguins? Sure, I'd be comfortable with that. But, but when you actually start breaking it down to look at what it's going to take to giving give up assets to get Marc-Andre Fleury, and then you take into account the cap hit that he's going to have bring on. I mean, what's he making in Vegas? Seven or 7.25? It's seven. It's seven. Se- yeah. Seven. And so... When you're you're looking at that, you would expect Vegas to take on some of the cap hit to alleviate that, but how much would they actually take on? I just think it becomes too big of a headache for the Penguins and something that they could probably find uh, goaltending help elsewhere that is less of a headache. And I mean, it's it's not that Mark Andre Fleury himself is a headache. I would love to have Fleury back. I, I've Fleury was one of my favorite players. I think he still has a lot of talent left. He could help. Tristan Jari, I mean, he's and he's used to being in a 1A, 1B scenario if that's what the Penguins wanted to go for because that's what they did with Matt Murray. However, I just think there's a lot going on when it comes to trade assets and cap hit that the Penguins, that's just too much to figure out for them. Yeah, and, and I really think it's just, you know, this is now the four, four out of six years that he's been benched in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, you know, obviously he came out of his net in game three. I thought it was game four. I just made a stupid mistake on my Twitter account. But, you know, if... He doesn't come out of the net there. They're up two games to one, and they honestly, I think, win that series. I don't know if Montreal beats them uh, three times in a row. But, I mean, it's just, I feel like it's a lot of nostalgia. Like, yes, I get it. He had a really great year for them. Um, Is a Vesna finalist. If it weren't for Andre Vasilevsky, I think I would have him as my number one if I had a Vesna ballot. Um, But, you know, he is getting older. Do you expect him to repeat this again next season? No, I don't think so. And why would you give up prime assets um, for the, you know, Vegas is not going to take some cheap return for him. I mean, you know, I don't think they're going to run it back with the same goalie tandem next year because Robin Lehner, I think, is the long-term starter there, especially with, I think, having four more years left on that contract. I think it's around $5 million per season, if that's around correct. Uh, and, you know, the other big thing is, you know, there's so many other cheaper options on the free agent market. You know, if you want to go for an actual big trade for a goalie, just bring John Gibson back to the city. Uh, I mean, everyone's been talking about that with Anaheim just trying to maybe blow things some things up or just uh, make a major shakeup there. I mean, if you want to go get a Vesna goalie who's in the prime of his career, go trade a bunch of assets for him. Again, probably equally unlikely, but um, it would still be, I think, better than trading for Flurry. And then, you know, you have Peter Morozik, Linus Allmark, I think is a really good option from Buffalo. Um there's, there's just a bunch of other options out there that make more sense. I mean, they they have to go get a goalie. I'm sure you both agree on that. I mean, they're not, we're not going to bring Casey to Smith and Tristan Jari back and think that all is right in the world next season. But I just don't think the answer is slurry. I mean, would I love having him back on the team? Sure. You know, he was one of my favorite players growing up. But um, I think people just need to let the past die. And that he just he can just go finish his career in Vegas if he wants to because when you look at the cap situation you look at the assets the Penguins have I just don't think it makes any sense. You know, here's another thing about Flurry, and this isn't necessarily related to him coming back to the Penguins, but like Robin Lehner ties into this for sure because if you didn't have such a highly priced other guy on the bench and also the guy that you're expecting to take over the reins, I'm not so sure that you would have that quick leash that they've had with Flurry. But is there any other goalie like of Flurry's caliber that has had that quick of a leash to get pulled from his net? Because if there is, I don't remember it. Like, I understand that he pretty much single-handedly cost them that game with that play behind the net. Like, if that doesn't happen, they win that game, that series could be completely different. But, and I don't know if DeBoer is just trying to make a statement there by going to Laner, but then once you go back to Laner, 
you can't go back to Flurry after that. It's just the board completely lost control of that situation, and he put himself in a no-win spot. But yeah, I was just asking you guys, like, has anybody else of Flurry's caliber as a goalie had a shorter leash than the one that he's had? Honestly, not that I can remember. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, except for going back to like when the Penguins had Flurry and Murray, how many teams have had the tandem where they could pull a guy like Flurry that easily too? Yeah, I mean they have Again, the like, luxury of Robin Lanert as well. With with the deal that they gave Lanert, yeah. like and knowing that he is the guy after that, so of course that that plays into it, I'm sure. But it's just something that you know I thought about. But again, too, as I, something else that I thought about real quick while we're on the this talk with Flurry and just like goalies in general, you brought up like Flurry's ability to maybe repeat that success next year. Something that I've had in my mind, like, and not to say, like, I, I don't think that the the jury's complete. The book isn't completely written on Tristan Jari. I don't think, like. He can improve. I don't think that they can go in banking on that next season. But with how weird goalies are, I think that there's as much of a chance that he does improve and become the guy as there is, you know, bringing in one of these other run-of-the-mill goaltenders that we think are a proven commodity and them playing well enough for the Penguins to have postseason success. Yeah, I, I just I still think they do need to bring in someone, just someone who yeah. can push him, you know. You don't need mm-hmm. to bring in a, maybe a full-fledged starter, you know. Obviously, having someone like John Gibson here would be hilarious that- and just awesome. Uh, but I don't see the team doing that, you know, especially with what Hextall said um, during his end-of-season media, end media press conference, excuse me, where, you know, he had confidence in Jari, but, I mean, is he going to say anything else? I mean, he's not going to just shit-talk him during He's not Jim Rutherford. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, to, to another point, he isn't Jim Rutherford. So, Jim Rutherford is the type of the guy that would make a trade for a flurry. I mean, we know he, he tried, tried to, to last year. So, I don't think Hextall is the same type of guy. I mean, he really has no connection to flurry whatsoever, just like he has no connection to any of these guys. So, trading them isn't as hard, but trading for them to get them back isn't uh, – he, he has no sentimental value towards flurry. So, he has seen as no reason to bring him back. And the way that Hextall operates his teams that he's been GM under – He's not going to be the guy to trade a ton of draft picks for a 35-year-old goalie that's going to cost a lot of money. Yeah, I think that you've honestly said it best there, Tyler. I mean, he also doesn't even make a lot of big-time deals anyway. I mean, even when he was with Philadelphia, I think the biggest move he made was trading Braden Shen for Yori Laterra and um, oh, I, I, I'm trying to – I, I, I can't even remember the other player that was. Yeah, I don't remember that deal. full deal. They, they got fleeced, but um, it was that's honestly the biggest deal that he made during that. So you probably expect some tinkering. And again, signing a goalie on the market makes the most sense. Someone that can go in, play maybe 30 to 35 games during the season, or maybe even 40, um, it, it, just as a true 1A, 1B. You'll have Casey DeSmith ready to go. I'm assuming he is okay after the injury. And I think that's probably what you do. And then if Jari falters down the stretch or he's having an inconsistent season, just give the other guy, whether it's Allmark, Morozik, whoever they bring in, just more starts, especially if he's playing well, especially if it's at least league average. I mean, all this team needs is league average goaltending. I think I've basically said that 50,000 times throughout however many episodes I've done on this podcast. Just That's all they really needed in the first round. And, you know, the Islanders don't get to within one game of going to their first Stanley Cup final. Uh, since uh, before almost 15 years before I was born, so um, had to had to, had to, I had to throw that in there, guys. Aging yourself. <laughs> hey, I'm just glad I didn't. I, I'm just glad I didn't even get to see what happened in '93 with David Bullock. So um, just neither did we. So it's yes, right. we had to hear about it from Steve Mears when he was on our show, yeah. trying to describe it to us. But 
we yeah. were not around. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I ever want it described uh, to me by anyone. <laughs> but uh, still have a lot more to get to for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast, including the expansion talk in the next segment. I'm going to get Zach and Tyler's uh, both of their protected list as to what they would do and not what the organization is likely going to do. But before we do get to that, it's time to talk about. Bilt Bar, they have nine delicious flavors. When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. Um, a few of the nine flavors, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, which is my favorite. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. You can go to BiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15. And you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off that order at BuiltBar.com. Okay, so welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And for the former Twitter account, remember that it is a verified Twitter account now in case anyone does not know about this yet. Anyways, uh, getting back to some good hockey talk. So expansion drafts. July 21st is when it is. It's on ESPN, not on NBC. So the rights deal with NBC is done right after the Stanley Cup final. Thank the Lord. No more P.M. McGuire ever again. Um, hopefully no, just done with NBC overall. You know, I'm sure we'll see Kenny, uh, Kenny Albert and Eddie Olchek obviously with DNT. But um, after these next six, seven games, most likely it is done. It will be on ESPN. I think the lists are have to be submitted a week or two before, I have to double check that. I think it's the 13th or something like that, right after I come back from the beach. But um, any one of you can go first. Who do you have uh, the Penguins protecting in the expansion draft? Seven forwards, 3D, and one goalie, I'm sure, is the obvious one here. I'll let Tyler go first here because I feel like he might do something weird with the goalies. <laughs> oh, I um, And I feel like that comes to no surprise if you followed me on Twitter. But so for my forward group, I would go Sid, Gino, Jake, and Russ. And I feel like that's yeah. the obvious four. Everybody's going to have those four protected. Um, and then my next one, or my next couple, would be Teddy Bluger because I think that he showed a a lot this season, not only just offensively, just how, how shut down that line can be in him as the center. And I think when you look at the depth of the position of center for this team, I just think there isn't a lot throughout the organization. So I think protecting your four centers um, are, are a big deal. Although I'm contradicting myself because I'm not protecting Jeff Carter. I know that's a position that I think the team is going to go with, but me personally, I just don't really quite understand protecting a 36 year old that has one year left with at a $2.6 million cap hit. I, I know that they potentially could take a guy like Jeff Carter being Seattle, but I just don't really see them him being that big of a threat to them to be taken so i would not protect him and i would protect jared mccann um i like that he could play wing or center if he needs to be and i just think a lot of penguins fans really sleep on jared mccann i i really like him as a player and the, my last one if i'm not protecting carter i would protect casperi capitan i think uh the the speed that he brings to the game, the being able to for, be a top six winger and being able to play on uh, a penalty kill. And I think the when you look at the assets you gave up, uh, it really you're talking about would you protect Kasperi Kapitan or Jason Zucker? And 
obviously you're probably going to pick one of those two out of the forward group when you're looking at who who have we given up assets for the most recently. And I think out of those two, Casperia Kapanen is my choice to be protected. And then on defense, uh, I have Tang, Dumo, and the. I feel like those are the obvious two. And then after that, I think it's a decision between Marcus Pedersen and Mike Matheson. And I have Mike Matheson being protected. Um, and I, the only reason being, I think, I, I think that he impressed people um, this season overall, and I think into the playoffs they impressed people. Um, I think that his defensive liability went down as the season went on, at least for the most part. Uh, and then for goalie, and <laughs> I, I'm dead serious, I would protect Casey DeSmith. And my only reason being, and I explained this on our show, I think he is more valuable as a backup goalie than Tristan Jari is as your starting goalie, which is why I would protect him. Okay. We don't have too many uh, differences in ours, actually. Only three total between the forward, defense, and goalie. The goalie is one of the differences. I figure. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely like see what you're saying. I've seen that argument made. I'm going to start in reverse order, what you did, by the way, now. Okay. Just talking about goalies. Um, I would still protect Jari, and that doesn't change my opinion that they need to bring in another goalie to either push him or be the 1A in a 1A, 1B situation. I don't see them going after like a bona fide number one goalie, John Gibson, where like Tristan Jari is not even part of the equation at that point. Um, I do think like Tristan Jari is still part of their future. Um, on defense, I went Latang Dumoulin, obviously. I chose Pedersen over Matheson. I've seen an article it thrown around. I've seen some talk about it being neither of those two, like leave them both unprotected somebody like a Mark Friedman, you know, and if Seattle wants to take either of those defensive contracts off the books, then so be it. But I go Pedersen here. My reason being, I like how him and Marino play with each other, assuming that you're also going with Latang and Dumoulin, then you at least know you have your top two pairings set in stone with those four being back in the fold, and then you just worry about one pairing. With a guy like Mike Matheson, what's he going to play like away from Cody Cece, assuming Cody Cece is not back in the fold next year? So I go Pedersen over Matheson there. My difference with the forward group, I obviously, you know, Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, Rust, Kapanen, and McCann. My difference is I did protect Jeff Carter over Teddy Bluter. I understand the center thing, and I would still hope that they wouldn't take Teddy Bluter and he'd be back in the fold. My only thing is we keep making, talking about, like, wanting to keep all these centers in, in the organization. Like, if he had to, Jared McCann could play center. So we still have four guys that can play center protected here. Um, Teddy Bluter, you mentioned, like, the offensive production was up this year. Um, I would love to keep that fourth line intact. I We're going to talk about a little bit like who do we think Seattle takes, so I don't want to spoil that. But it very well could be somebody from that Bluger line, and then at that point, what does the other two look like in terms of that production? So I, for me, that's that's the guys I go with. Yeah, I mean, you, both of these lists are very similar uh, to mine. Yeah. I also have Teddy Bluger uh, being protected over Jeff Carter. You know, I, I've read a lot you know, from some other people in the Penguins – Twitter, you know, Dan Hopper, you know, Jeff from Penn's blog, a um, couple others to say they would protect Carter. And I think I think the main reasoning that they that behind it is just because, you know, Carter only makes 2.6. If Seattle flips him at the deadline, that's 1.3 million for Jeff Carter going the other way. And, you know, if he puts 16 points in 20 games, that's just a flat out steal. And, you know, I also do get the point as well that, hey, you know, when is Evgeny Malkin coming back? That knee injury was really messed up. Um, I get... how the organization may think there, but Bluger is also so much younger. And I also agree with Tyler. I don't see Seattle going after Carter as a one-year rental thing and to to just flip him at the deadline. 
It's just weird. Well, that's the thing for me is I don't see I, it, like deadline. I, I I think that they could take him and flip him pretty much immediately. Like, oh they yeah. Would look at tra- like I don't see him playing for them. That's not why I picked him. But I think that they would use him as a trade asset pretty much immediately. Yeah, no, no, I agree with that. You know, and then as for defense, you know, it, it just I saw I think Rob Rossi on the Athletic Road. They may protect Mark Friedman over both Patterson. Yeah, that's who it was. I can remember who it was yeah, when I saw that. Yeah. I think to evo- expose both of them and just kind of try to say, hey, Seattle, you know, maybe you want to <laughs> take a bad contract off the uh, Pe- Penguins' hands. And you know, that, that's the big thing here with this expansion draft. You know, Ron Hextall really doesn't have a lot of loyalty to almost any of these players, so he's mm-hmm. going to do what he thinks is best for the team, even though he hasn't even been here for. A full calendar year you know i've talked about my list for what i would do on this show a lot i have the first big four if anyone is not protecting any of those big four um honestly you should, you should just be throwing Throw the list throwing out. off the four pit bridge to be honest with you <laughs> um uh, jared mccann needs to be protected um, had a great season i think he should be extended going into next season kasperi captain i understand um, I've talked about this a lot on my show recently. I get a lot of people saying, well, he could regress next year. You know, he, he shot 16% at 5v5. Yeah, I, I get it. You know, a lot of his chances came off the rush. I don't expect him to probably shoot that high next season, but he was still a really good player from them, almost average a point per game. I would bring him back, especially going into the last year of his deal. And then I would protect Teddy Bluger over Jeff Carter. And as to the D, you know, I already touched on, you have Dumoulin, Latang. Um, and then whoever other one you want to protect. It's actually so crucial that they don't have to protect Marino or POJ. And yep. this mm-hmm. is that they're both on, e- uh, um, they're just, they're both so young and one of them's on an ELC. And then, you know, Marino's contract kicks in um, for this next season. Then for the goalie, I am actually on Tyler's side. I would protect Casey DeSmith. I, I, Let's I, go. S- Seattle's not going to take <laughs> Tristan Jari. Who yeah, gives, who gives a damn, it. to be honest? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, they wouldn't, and then as for who I think Seattle is going to take, I'm going to throw this over to you guys. It's definitely got to be someone from the fourth line. I would be stunned if it wasn't. I, I actually would be stunned in a way if they took someone like Jason Zucker um, and not one of the Aston Reese Bluger Tanev line. It's weird because of how much I like Jason Zucker that I'm saying this, but I want it to be Jason Zucker if they're taking a forward. And it's and it's it, that really has nothing to do with the player. It's just like if they can get that $5.3 million off the books. Like, I don't think he's that type of player, or he hasn't been, at least for the Penguins. So but I would love to keep that fourth line intact. Um, man, with how analytically driven that they seem to be building that Seattle team, I mean, you know, the hiring of the coach, whatever. But uh, I've been leaning towards Zach Aston Reeses potentially being the pick. So I think that that's where I'll stick for now just because I don't see them wanting to take on Zucker's contract. I'm between those two. I don't think it would be it, – it, well, you guys have Bluger protected. I don't, but I don't think it's, it's Bluger or Tandem. I think it's going to be Zach Aston, Reese, or Jason Zucker. So uh, to me, if it's someone off that fourth line, I'm with you. I think Zach Aston, Reese would be the pick. And I think it's also because he was one of the best defensive forwards in the league this past season. Yeah. I don't think that can go understated. Um, but <laughs> – I'm still going to pick Jason Zucker as the pick and only because I believe that the Penguins could do something like they did in 2017 where it's like, hey, we're going to give you a a future pick if you take Jason Zucker because we don't want his contract anymore. He just doesn't fit the team. And that's the only reason I think that. Otherwise, I don't think they would want the contract because why would they? Yeah. My only thing with with giving up an asset like that is we kind of touched on it already. We talked about it so so much on our show, like how, you know, close to the vest Hextall wants to keep his assets. 
Is he really going to give up a pick to have them take a player? Like, I just don't know that the, this front office, if it was Jim Rutherford, sure, I could see him doing that. That's okay. also true. And I, I may, maybe Hextall doesn't value the fourth line as much as the fans do just because he hasn't been here as long. And maybe that's just the fan of me saying I, I don't want that fourth line to be touched because we know how good it is. When, whenever they're together, they're the fourth, best fourth line in hockey. Hey, don't don't well don't tell that to uh, people up on Long Island. Um, they're, they're, you know they're still <laughs> loving their little Zdeikis Martin Clutterbuck line. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think Hextall did say at his end of season press conference that they don't want to give picks uh, like Jim yeah. Rutherford did in the expansion draft. So yeah, I think he kind of said that was off. Wait, did he actually say Jim Rutherford's name like that when he was saying this? No, no. I, I, oh I, man, I, I was going to say that in there. He's, <laughs> he's been too nice. He's been very nice to him at, at every media thing that i watched from him but um yeah he, he did say he does not want to give up picks uh, for them to take a player yeah um you know I, i've seen a lot of fans wanting them to protect brandon tanev look i love brandon tanev oh his hair God. is incredible he makes three and a half million per for the next four years if, if honestly if seattle if that was the pick a lot of you are not gonna like this that would help the penguins long term it, it really would um yeah um, it would suck to lose him because he really has been great in this contract. I've not really cared about him making that much money so far, but um, especially with the offseason, with the flat cap for however many, many more years it's going to be, um, it would it would help them a lot down the stretch, and especially with Jason Zucker as well. I actually think that could be the pick because even though it's a high ticket, they can just flip him at the deadline or flip him after and have someone retain – they can retain half his salary. So um, that would I think that would be totally fine. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate Tanev being taken. Honestly, like I, I, I know, like our our buddy Sarge, he he would hate it, um, just because he loves Tanev so much. And don't get me wrong, I love Tanev and I love his type of game, but I feel like just when you look at the years and the the cap hit for for what he does, it's more you can get more replaceable uh, players that do something similar for cheaper and shorter term. Yeah. Exactly, and we're going to touch on that just a little bit later in the show. Just talk about free agent targets, and you know who who you all would want to target in free agency or potentially trade stuff. Um, that's actually going to come up in the next segment. But before we do get to that, and of course some miscellaneous, some miscellaneous excuse me, around the league and some Gary Bettman talk, um, it's time to talk about. Bet online, and it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or phone and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. You can sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts, with the promo code. Locked on. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hody. So, as I teased going into this uh, last commercial break, uh, it's time to talk a little bit about free agency and some trade stuff. You know, there, there's a lot of good players hitting the market this year, especially when it comes to Ford. You know, I've touched on, you know, if Seattle does take Zach Aston Reese, Yoel Armia from Montreal, he's had some really good seasons there. Used to put him on the fourth line with Tanev and Bluger. Um, I think that would be. Pretty obviously, he's not as good defensively as Aston Reese is. Not many players are, but I still think that would be a pretty good replacement. You know, um, another player that I think fits the mold really well of wanting to get uh, bigger. You know, more size, tougher. Of course, from Brian Burke with his truculence. Uh, Blake Coleman. You know, can they get into a bidding war with him? I'm not sure. They probably have to work the cap situation a bit there. But just going into free agency, what position do you think the Penguins need to target the most? 
and just who do you see the Penguins potentially going after? Well, for me, the the position they need to target the most is goalie, and yeah. it's not just to replace Tristan Jari. I don't think that's that's the intended goal. I just think it's to have more of a safety net there, because as much as I love Casey DeSmith, I just don't I don't think he's a starting goalie in this league. Um, I think he's a great backup goalie. But after the performance that Tristan Jari had in these playoffs, I feel like you just can't go into next season as him being the guy and he's the only safety net there. So I think you have to look at the free agent market for some goalies if you're not going to trade for one. And we mentioned a couple names earlier, like you mentioned Linus Olmark. He's one guy that I would uh, be eyeing if I were the Penguins. Um, Antti Ranta from Arizona is another guy that I would look at to maybe go with that 1A, 1B scenario mm-hmm. with Tristan Jari. Um, and you mentioned Peter Mrazek. The only thing with Mrazek is he's been so good with Carolina, I feel like he's going to cost a lot more money than another team is going to be able to pay him. Um, and then I, I just want to get your guys' thoughts. I mean, Smitty and I touched on it on our show. When we've seen the Penguins being connected with Frederick Anderson, how do you feel about like, if they were to bring in a guy like that? Because I've said that could just be like bringing in another Tristan Jari, but maybe a change of scenery would be good for him, and cost is also a big thing. So I have no idea what that would be. But I think out of the goalies that I'm looking at, he's the, like, the most intriguing one to like why, how much, and like what kind of player would he be with the Penguins? Yeah, I, so he's one of the ones where I'm, I mentioned this before, I'm at like this weird spot with him where it's like, I almost have as much faith that Tristan Jari like does turn around and become the guy as opposed to Frederick Anderson, a change of scenery, doing him wonders and getting back to like 2015 form. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at with that one. Like whatever, like a, a one year buy low option where like you mentioned, like it's, he doesn't necessarily have to be the guy like Tristan Jari still the guy that you hope ends up being the number one. Um, then whatever, but then you're still in a spot where you don't have necessarily a proven commodity if, if Frederick Anderson fails when it comes to playoff time. So I that's where I'm at with him. There's a, you mentioned pretty much the goalie names that I've I've thought of. And of course we already mentioned the idea of Math coming back to Pittsburgh yeah. uh, to start off the show. So I I don't know. I mean other than the one name that I thought of and it was never gonna happen, but now he's having the surgery as well, to Rask. Like if Boston for some reason were to roll with That'd be hilarious. You know, their other options. Yeah. If they were to to hand the net over to uh oh, what's the kids uh Swayman. Jeremy Swayman. Swayman and then just bring back um, you know, one of those other two they had that Vlader come up or whatever. And then yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um you know, maybe they bring Halak back cheap or something like that. Like, and they decide to just, you know, end the Rask era. But now that he's having the surgery, I don't know that, what that does with hey, him anyway. Ilya Sorokin is a free agent as well. Maybe they torch the Penguins. Maybe we just bring him in. <laughs> restricted restricted hey. free agent. Restricted free agent. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But well, uh, Linus Allmark and Antti Ranta are, are on UFAs, and those are those would be my two main yeah. two names that I would look at. Now, if you want to make a trade for someone, Darcy Kemper from Arizona also makes a lot of sense. He had kind of a bit of a down year with injuries, but when he's healthy, um, he can put up some pretty good numbers. As for Frederick Anderson, I think he's okay on like kind of a prove-it deal. Maybe you sign him to a one-year deal for just a few million just to try to see if he can get – his legs back or just his game back overall because he just really struggled, especially you know when he had that injury. He just was not the same um, after that. Um, outside of goalie, is there any player that you're looking at just that for the Penguins to target you know, on defense? I mean, defense, there probably isn't going to be a lot of room there. Cody Ceci, I think, has priced himself out of Pittsburgh. I'll probably get your thoughts on that as well. I don't think he's going to come back. And then you have the top pairing. 
Pio is going to be coming up, I think, full time. Marino's there. Pedersen's likely there next year. And then if they don't deal Matheson, you have Chad Ruedel obviously there too. I don't really think they're going to make a move there. But um, forward, I think there's definitely potentially something coming. Just I'll get your thoughts on that. Yeah, you mentioned like well, you mentioned Jormia, which is a name that I've I've thought about a lot recently. Like you mentioned, like to me, it's going to depend on what player they lose in the expansion, who I'm targeting in free agency because you're trying to replace that player, right? So, like, I know that people have thrown around Brandon Saad. That would be great. I don't know after what he did in the playoffs with Colorado if he's kind of priced himself out of the point where Pittsburgh doesn't have a shot at him now. Um, but say we were to lose like a Jason Zucker, I would have loved that fit. Um, looking at the rest of it, like a guy that I'm, I, I've started to think about, and this is going to be an interesting one. And not that I want this to happen by any means, please don't. But I could see them doing it just because they were apparently interested around the same time as Jeff Carter, but didn't do it. And if you know Malkin's not ready to start the season, they're going to need to have some center versatility. Travis Zajac, and I don't want them to do it, but I've thought about it a little bit. Um. No. No. I, I don't like Travis Ajak, but he's, he's, I, I he's, cook, he's cooked now. <laughs> he has he brings nothing anymore. I know he had like a kind of a couple good series. I mean, maybe he gets just get the lightning, but I mean, before that he had like two points in twenty games or something. I just yeah yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Tyler. Sorry for interrupting you. Um, for defensively, I really think that if they wanted to go into next season all in house, they could. And I think the only reason I say that is because I like Chad Ruiz a lot. Yeah, me too. Um, so. I don't really think there's much on the defensive market that they would have to go out and look at. Um, and I don't really think that they're going to have to replace a lot in their top six. And I think when you look at free agents is what are you going to be replacing in the free, in the expansion draft, obviously, but I think you also have to look at, do we expect Sam Poulin or Nathan Laguerre to also come up next year at any point as well? Um, so a lot of my uh, free agents, would be depth players. And I think one that I would look at is Derek Ryan from Calgary. Uh, I think that he, he had what uh, 13 points last year, which I mean, isn't a great total, but he, his defensive numbers weren't bad. And I think that he could fit into the depth of this team. Um, Another player that I actually liked and I liked him when he was in the KHL, but I don't think if their focus is getting bigger that he would, he would really fit in with the Penguins is Nikita Gusev. Um, I, I liked him a lot in the KHL and he, I think he had a good first year in the NHL this year. He kind of struggled with New Jersey, but I think a lot of that had to do with New Jersey style of play and New Jersey was, was just bad. Um, and then he went to Florida, put up a little bit of, he, he did okay, I guess there, but I, I, I like him as a player. Um, but at the same time, if their focus is getting bigger, he's what, 5'11", 180 pounds. <laughs> so he's, it's not really the mold. Uh, that the even 5'11? I thought he was like 5'9". <laughs> I, th- I think he's like 5'10", 5'11", something <laughs> like that. I just like him as a player, but it doesn't definitely doesn't fit the mold that everybody suspects the Penguins are going to go for. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I don't know if you guys are on board with this. I'm just thinking about it like, so, you know, we keep circling back to this Malkin injury, and of course it's hard to evaluate before the expansion draft happens what exactly they're going to be looking to replace. But whoever they get, I think it's going to be somebody that can play center. They might primarily play play wing right now, but I think it's going to be somebody that could play center. Kind of like a Jeff Carter situation last year at the deadline. 
that would make sense. Um, you know, they 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 would, especially if they do lose. You know, someone one of Bluger or Carter. You know, they will need a center. I don't. Oh really yeah. Know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you still you have Freddie Goudreau coming back. I mean, remember he is a UFA, but I'm sure they'll bring him back for cheap. I mean, I don't know why he wouldn't come back. But, I hope. Um, I liked him better on the wing anyway. Um, and you, there are some good centers available that you know they're not like the top tier ones. You can just get. No, I actually, you know, old friend, I believe Nick Menino is out there in free agency he this is. year. So, um, if they wanted to go out and uh, go get him, I think that would make some sense on kind of a. There's a lot player. of old friends out there. Brandon Sutter, I think uh, Bukestad is also a free agent in Minnesota. <laughs> Brandon Sutter, those days, man, God, I just, I remember getting so excited when they uh, traded uh, for Sutter because because I thought he was going to be a good replacement for Stall when I was 14 years old, and then I just realized I was a complete freaking moron. And then you realized we got Brian Dumoulin, so it was okay. Yes, that that is also true. <laughs> and then I realized we had that top ten pick, and then we wasted it on Derek Pouliot. But Brian Dumoulin still is the the cream of the crop for that trade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Also, touching on Cody CC, yeah, pricing himself out of Pittsburgh. I think I I would like to bring Cody CC back on like a one to two year deal. However. I just don't think it will happen because I think if it was going to happen, it had to happen in season, and he's going to get more in free agency because of how he played with Pittsburgh. Well, you mentioned, like, so the same – Dan Kondersky the one that I saw linking the Penguins to Frederick Anderson very early in this process. He's also the same one that just put out that he thinks CC is going to get a three-year deal worth between three and three and a half. Per. What? So, yeah. Oh my god! Okay, that's. that's I mean, that's I not what I want to would want to give him. That's a but, little bit no. of an overpay. I can't give yeah. CC that kind of money. That's just. Yeah, I mean, great year, obviously. Really, I mean, he deserves to go out and get the payday that he that he wants. You know, he finally lived up to, you know, what everyone thought he was. going Oh to yeah, it's season. his last chance to get paid. I mean, yeah. get everything you can out of this. Yeah, but and, and you know, I, and I'll admit, you know, I think everyone else will. I'll, I'll eat crow on that. I shot on that signing the, from day one, and then he made me and a lo- whole lot of other people look stupid um, throughout the season. Yeah. So, um, best wishes to him. I didn't think I didn't think he'd end up being in their sixth defenseman. I thought Chad Ruido was yeah. actually going to win that job. I said that yeah. point blank on here. Um, I was definitely surprised when Ruido was not playing after game thirteen or something like that. Yeah, but I think he's the number six next year anyway. If they don't go out and sign anyone, if CC walks, I don't. Especially if um, one of uh, Pedersen or Matheson are not in the lineup next season, and PO gets bumped up, um, I think that's your six next year. I don't really see them, you know, going out and trading for a big time defenseman. You know, you if you want someone to go overpay for a defenseman, the Flyers can go do that with uh, Seth Jones, which what I saw today from Elliot Freeman's thirty one thoughts. I, I will I will be here um, if if they do go out and trade like they're going to do that and then boston's going to give up a ton for oliver ekman larson and it's going to be great yeah i mean you know two defensemen <laughs> who are just not so very good anymore but um i used to love oel too that was my guy just like two years ago mm-hmm. i don't know what happened man Go yeah cliff. Well, yeah i i did too yeah he was he was always one of my favorite defensemen to watch even though he was on the west coast but um yeah it just really stinks that his value went <laughs> Apparently, uh, so we were on vacation, and I don't know how accurate this is, but my friend was looking on his phone. And he saw something linking the Penguins to Rasmus Ristolainen. Oh God! Yeah, I think. And jump <laughs> I, I, I would hate that. He's not good. I mean, someone can go. I think Elliot Freeman on the Thirty One Thoughts podcast said they're Sabers are trying to package him with one of Reinhardt or Eichel to a team. That makes and, sense for them if they can do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's probably what happened with Reinhardt. I don't think you're gonna take have a team take. Just align it with Eichel. I mean, I think it's just a. 
Eichel is just a totally different beast with that trade. But yeah, I, I would be very upset if they went after Ristolainen. It makes sense for their getting tougher business, but yeah. is he a good player? No, he just hasn't been good ever since he came into the league. If they're going to do that, not that like I, like that, whoever they get that's going to be the the big tough body, or whatever. Like obviously they still need to play hockey. We're all in agreement on that. They need to be able to skate and actually bring something to the team other than just the physical element. But I would rather have that player be in like the bottom six than one of their defensemen yeah. at all, like on their bottom pair of defensemen. Just because I feel like you can shelter that whoever that forward is more than you can a defenseman, regardless of what pairing they're on. Yeah. I definitely agree with that, you know, especially you know with what happened this year with, you know, I loved how Sullivan deployed that third pairing. They just, he sheltered them virtually, I think, almost. And especially when he started playing better, he just upped his minutes. So I think that was okay. Um I guess we can just get into the last topic here, which is you know going around the league a little bit. Uh, first off, give me your Stanley Cup final predictions. I have Tampa Bay in six. If Montreal wins, I said at the beginning of the show before you know we wrap it up, uh, that would be the funniest sports championship I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I ha- I got I'm going with the exact same thing, Tampa Bay in six. But the, like the thing that I that's so bad about it is I've literally picked against Montreal the entire time, and I just <laughs> feel bad that I didn't even pick them to win a single round. And now they're here in the Stanley Cup final. So I don't know if they can keep defying the odds, but I don't think so. I mean. This is a different beast. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Tampa Bay is completely different from the team that we saw most of the regular season. My brain is telling me pick Tampa Bay. My heart is telling me pick Montreal because I don't want those scumbags in Tampa Bay to win. They, right. ch- they cheated the cap. <laughs> so I, I do not Go want back. them to win at all. Listen, um, either way, we're still going to be able to say that we were the only team to go back-to-back in the salary cap era that didn't play in a bubble during a shortened season. I guess that's so. true as well. But <laughs> I'm going with my heart. I'm going Montreal in six, oh, not man. seven. Six games for Montreal? Six okay. games. Well, you heard, you heard that here, everyone that listens to the show. Um, what, a, what a prediction that is. <laughs> they, better, they better win game one. They've been riding high the whole time. All you have to do is do it for six more games or four more games, technically. Carey Price, you know, he was God mode against the Penguins in the bubble. Now he's went. He's continued going back in time for this entire playoff run. Already ten goals above expected yep. save for Carey Price. So we'll see. We'll see what that number looks like after one more series. Yeah, he needs to be God, I think, in that series. And they also need to have Deneau and Gallagher really shut down Tampa Bay's vaunted top line of. You know, Kucherov and Point and um, I think Palat is on that um, top line as well. But they're just – they're so deep and they can beat you. <clears throat> That's the thing about them. You know, they kind of remind me in the, of the Penguins in such a way because if you want to score, they, they'll outscore you. If you if you want to play a boring little Islanders, Barry Trotz trap game, they'll beat you at that too. It just – it reminds me a lot of those, the 2016 team with the Penguins. But it's so funny to hear you say that and I completely agree. Yet everybody's so focused on getting the opposite of, of skill <clears throat> and speed. And being able to play that way. You gotta build your team around Barkley Goudreau and Blake Coleman and Yanni Gard, and it's just like, okay, like those players are really good, but you still gotta have the core in place. I mean, that's how much Jim Rutherford. Pat Maroon. Everybody wants to be Pat Maroon. Oh god, yeah, that too. <laughs> Ugh, yeah, it's just you know, there's no Zach, is there any any analytic equation for that? <laughs> As Pierre Maguire likes to say, but I don't think he's calling this series. Um, which is nice. But a couple more quick things here though. Um there's some. There was Batman had his you know State of the Union address today, basically, and talked about the Olympics. You know, again, says we have real concerns about whether it's sensible to go. Um, they're trying to work out a deal. 
really don't understand why this is so complicated. Everyone wants to see it. I want to see Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid team up on everyone and just have two points per game or on everyone. And, um, do you all do you all think the players will eventually go to the Olympics? Well, yeah. they better, or Ovi's done, right? He's going to be done with the NHL if they can't. So <laughs> yeah. Alex Ovechkin needs to dictate that. I just think that you, you look at the catastrophe that was 2018, and look at the the backlash that it got for the NA, for the NHL not sending their players. Mm-hmm. I just think for, if you just look at it from a PR perspective, which I mean, how how much does the NHL really care about that? But if you look at it from that perspective, I just don't think that you can not send them. They're the best players in the world. I don't want to watch some junior team from the Czech be playing when I can watch NHL players. Yeah, like I the mean, fifth and sixth and seventh best options that the country has. Exactly. Like, listen, <laughs> no, it's no, great. No, it's great that in 1980 we won with a bunch of college players. But do you really think I want to watch that? No, absolutely not. That's still how some of those people think the U.S. should be built today, which is just total blasphemy. I mean, remember the World Cup no. of hockey? They put Brandon Dubinsky on the team over Phil freaking Kessel. I'll, I'll never get over that, man. Just, just freaking. Yeah, like, do you really think I'd rather see some college players over like Patrick Kane and Austin Matthews? <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah, that's just... And to, like, if the players want to be there, man, like, they have missed out on so much the last two years to continue to put out a product on the ice. Like, just do right by them. They need to figure out a way to make this happen. And there's so many, like, great matchups where there would be... I mean, Russia is going to be more stacked than ever. I mean, you'll have Kucherov, Malkin, Ovechkin, Sergachev. (laughs) I mean, whatever, Vasilevsky and Ned. I mean, that's just... That's going to be so much fun to watch. Canada, USA... Sweden's going to have, I mean, that their defense is always going to be stacked. Finland's going to be really good, of course. Everyone wants to see it, you know. No one just wants, like, yeah, I think Tyler summed it up best. No one wants to see, you know, Troy Terry, Captain Team USA from 2018. <laughs> from, it was just, I'll never get over that. And then a um, couple other things here. I think, um, you know, I, I expected Gary Bettman to say this. Our officials are not only the best hockey officials, they're the best officials in the world out of any sports. You know he's gonna talk up his league just because he has to, but I mean, you gotta you gotta see something when it's bad. It's not just bad; it's terrible. <laughs> and and somehow and somehow it gets worse when the playoffs kick in. There's just yeah, a, it, there's just a best, button that league wide. They're just like, don't call anything. Yep. If by best he means that more than any other league, they're able to make themselves the star of the show and dictate terms and, and take over the ice more than the players at times, then yeah, sure. They're the best in the world. Unbelievable. He had to have been asked a question. He didn't just randomly say that. Right? I think, like, I think someone, asked. I think someone asked about the, um, the officiating and he said that. And then he also said, you know, will the, the players change the way they play in the playoffs. It's like, okay. I mean, sure they do, <laughs> but I mean, call, call penalties. You know, the regular season product is still, really bad but it just gets worse as because you know they just they want to let the boys play when you know in reality you're just letting lesser teams get away with stuff to you know make the game more fair and you know have some parity or you know parity excuse me um that was not the word i was looking for it's just really ridiculous and you know again it's gary batman you know he also said concussions don't cause cte so um i really can't he must be a tom wilson fan yeah (laughs) the biggest he, he, he literally must be, and um, I think that unless you have anything else, um, I think that will do it. What do you all have coming up for around the 412? Because um, I, I personally want to know, and I think everyone that listens to the show also wants to know as well, what, what, who's the next player that's coming on your show? Well, we'll probably have a repeat guest. 
because uh, I know Rusty's supposed to come back on, but we're waiting until the season wraps up. You know, so we can talk to him about this. Uh, we'll see if he watched the Canadians and Lightning series once that wraps up. But we also have uh, one of our friends, Alex Nicholson, working on a uh, Rustache portrait for him. So he doesn't know about that. So if he listens to this show specifically, we're going to be in trouble because we ruined the surprise. Um, but we're going to present it to him on the show. So, yeah, Brian will be coming back on uh, shortly once the season wraps up. Uh, beyond that, I mean, there's stuff that, that we're working on, but but nothing set in stone yet. Well, I'm excited. I think everyone else is excited. Now, um, in case anyone dis- in case anyone here that listens to the show does not follow you all on social media, just I'll give you guys here to plug in your social media. Uh, well, the podcast, of course, it's it's easy. At Around the 412, you can find that uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, or on YouTube. We do the show live on there every Wednesday. Um, if you don't watch the show live and want to listen back, we are on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Again, just search Around the 412. Um, my new and improved Twitter handle for the last few months since my suspension uh, is now at ZacharySmith412. Shaking my head, but you can find me there. R.I.P. to Z23 Smitty. Uh, had its yeah. run. It had a good run. Yeah, like Smitty said, around the 412 on like literally every social. And then my personal handle, it's a little more complicated than Zachary Smith 412. It's at Weiler underscore Teeks 33. And if you don't know how to actually put that based off what I just said, you can just go to our around the 412 <laughs> bio and you can click on my True. name in there. And that's True. a lot easier than searching it. That is probably one of the greatest Twitter ads um, that has ever been plugged <laughs> into. Um, Next to Shari Irving. Yes. Irving D- Danny, Danny, he's come <laughs> on the show once, and his his Twitter ad is also um, definitely up there as well. But I definitely appreciate both of you coming on. Hopefully next time, uh, Zach, you're, you're, you don't have a third account by going at Gab Gowdy every week. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, please, I'll, I'll try to I'll try to relax on that. Please, please continue actually to do that because uh, you know what? I'm gonna just shut my mouth. Um, that's that'll that that stuff is saved for other times. But uh, again, appreciate both of you coming on. This has been a long time coming. Um, and I definitely am going to have both of you on here um, at some point again during the offseason, especially going into next season when it looks like, according to Batman, it's supposed to start between October 10th and the 15th. So a little, just about a week late, it looks like. Um, and the schedule is going to be released uh, between the end of the Stanley Cup final and the NHL draft. So around kind of mid-July, mid to late July. Um, but again, thank you both so much for coming on. Of course, we appreciate it. Now, now we just got to get you on around the four one two, and we'll be set. I will come on anytime you all want. Don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, again, go follow both of these fellas on Twitter. Go follow their podcast Twitter account because um, they do. They really do um, do some great content. Um, we'll have another show coming tomorrow, so I will talk to you all then.